G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, October 15. I am John Barker, joining me as usual, Dan Nuttall and Joel Marshall. Well, it's uh, Victoria's turn to cop a fair bit of weather this week, Joel. Um, mind you, it hasn't exactly let up in Sydney as well, so I take it we are looking for wet trackers at both venues as we look forward to two of the biggest races on the calendar, the $15 million Everest and the $5 million Group 1 Caulfield Cup. Yeah, indeed, Mark. So exciting weekend, huge weekend of racing. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be playing on uh, wet tracks, most likely heavy, uh, heavy 10 Caulfield uh, as of early Thursday morning, and we've had uh, plenty more rain since then. So I uh, can't see it drying out too much tomorrow and into Saturday and having bearing in mind they raced on a Wednesday and we're chopping it up a bit too so I think we're going to be on heavy there and there's a prediction of a little bit more rain to come in Sydney so um, and Randwick's going to yeah, it'll take forever to dry out so I think uh, we're going to be playing on heavy tracks but at least we've known that pretty much through the week so uh, we've been able to uh, do our form uh, with that in mind. Yes well we're talking to you at around about 3.30 AEDT on Thursday, and uh, I believe that in Melbourne uh, there's another bucketing arriving at about 6 o'clock. So uh, certainly in the heavy range, Dan, not good news for your interview subject this week, John O'Shea. You managed to uh, kill two birds with one stone there and get a trainer who had runners in both the big races. But um, Maximal, uh, the heavy track, probably not ideal for him. No, probably not. And... um... He's had a, a shocker at the barrier draw as well. There's two Caulfield Cup runners, Maxwell 19, Benno 20. Maybe on a heavy 10, the wider tracks, you know, just see how they're running, where they're running on the track and how wide they're getting. It might not be the worst thing, but uh, certainly makes the task difficult from out there. But, look, it will be a big big day for John O'Shea if he can, um, you know, land two of the biggest races in the country within an hour of each other. And, of course, lost and running. Probably need a PB to, to knock off Nature Strip in the form. It's in, but um, very exciting week for the stable. And look, despite the wet, the wet tracks, it's still a, a great day's great day of racing um, in Sydney and Melbourne. And so, looking forward to our getting stuck into it. Yes, indeed. Well, speaking of getting stuck into it, let's do exactly that so that uh, we're not here when uh, it gets dark. And we'll start at Caulfield, uh, where we've got a fair bit of black type through the day, and the first of the black type races is indeed race three. It is the Ned's Classic, formerly known as the Norman Robinson, also the Caulfield Classic, 2,000 metres, group three set weights for three-year-olds. Some of these are no doubt on the way to the derby. Uh, Mr Maestro has really got uh, standout form, I would have thought, for this, including a win on a heavy 10 uh, two starts back, Joel. Um, but you found one to beat him. Yeah, I think it's between one and two, uh, the top two, one and two. I've leaned the way I've read some sensation. I think he's just been tracking along really well. I think he's crying out for 2,000 metres. Um, he's obviously yet, yet to taste heavy ground. So that's the that's the query. But the blinkers go on. just think there's a fair bit of improvement in him. He's going to need to improve to beat Mr Maestro because he was two lengths off him. At Flemington, he was making good ground, but Mr Maestro was uh, throttled down at the end, and he's already ticked the heavy box. So can understand why he's favourite, and he deserves to be so. Uh, but I think number two can give him a bit of a run for his money. Uh, six distrustful award in for third, coming off a 
smart-looking win at Mildura. This is tougher, but he's certainly heading the right way. And five, Mira Massa in for fourth. Uh, he has a bit of room for improvement, having only just had the two starts. Yeah, I'm Denard with one and two. I think they're the, the two standouts as well. I've just led the way of the one, Mr. Maestro, because he has ticked that heavy track box. Um, you know, pretty dominant win on the heavy track two back and then did on a good three last start, the superimposed. Jared Sun Sensation, I thought, was really good running into second there. Um behind Mr. Maestro and as Joel said the blink is going on I think 2,000 metres will suit him so just one on top of two just the you know knowing he will be able to handle that heavy track Red Sun sensation to see a, a, a track like that yet we've got six in next as well distrustful award um, really impressive winner at Mildura last start and yeah it looks promising type and in for fourth I have the four Dream Hour um, pack a, a synthetic winner last start um, but the two wins is prep have been good, and um, I think 2,000 metres will suit. One, two, then six and four. Uh, one and two for me. Also, uh, to beat Muramasa and Dream Hour, one, two, five and four. Uh, fun fact about uh, the Neds Classic is that six of the past nine winners have jumped from gate seven or wider. Good for Mr Maestro. And Saddlecloth one and two account for seven of the past 13 Caulfield Classic winners. So by the sound of it, we are expecting that to become eight from 14. The Phillies division of that race is a group three these days. It is the Schweppes Ethereal Stakes uh, under the same conditions for Phillies. Joel, your best bet comes up in this event. Yeah, number five, Renaissance Woman. Philly have always uh, had a bit of time for. She trialled well before her first start and just been watching her. They've uh, put her in the deep end. This prep, T-Rose and Flight States, I just think she's been ticking over beautifully for these longer trips. Uh, the T-Rose run was in particular very good. The Flight Stakes, she was beaten, um, you know, under eight lengths, but she wasn't too far from Wednesday's Thousand Guineas winner, Madame Pomery. I think it's the right form, and she's already proven that she can handle the, uh, the, the wet tracks. I think she's very hard to beat. I'm scared of number one, Mocco. She's a maiden from seven goes, but I think those heavy... Uh, those heavy track runs back in the autumn are going to hold her in really good stead here because they were testing tracks. She handled them well, chasing home Williamsburg on both occasions, which is strong form for a Phillies race. So I think she is a definite threat. Uh, three Pavitra, the other Sydney side, are coming through the flight stakes, who settled handy, was beaten off on the turn, but actually fought on pretty well, ended up beating home Renaissance woman. So she's a clear hope with Jamie Carr in the saddle. And seven, Foxy Cleopatra coming off a dominant win at the Valley next in. But five on top. I, I think the winner comes from five and one, but I've made five my best from one, three, seven. With the nine on top, let's be frank, baby. Um, frank or Philly was sharply up in trip last start, 1450 up to 1800 metres. The race won by so dazzling that uh, that Oaks, uh, sorry, that uh, Oaks trial, that Derby trial at Flemington. <clears throat> she, the run opened up on the inside there and, and Lockie King elected to sort of stay there towards the inside. I don't think it was the best part of the track, though. Heavy 10 that day at Flemington, but she stuck on well for third. Um, I think we'll take plenty of improvement from the run considering she was you know, quite, a, quite a bit up in trip there and a month between runs and settled a good spot on the speed. So I think over the odds are nine, let's be frank, baby. In an open race, seven, Foxy Cleopatra, good win to the eye at Mooney Valley. Um, dominated there. Not sure there was much behind her, but uh, it was a pretty strong win and looks suited up to 2,000 metres based on that effort. One, Mocco in for uh, third, 
course still a maiden, as Joel said, but running well in some pretty good races and being thereabouts. Wet track won't pose a problem. And for fourth, I've got the eight, Waikikamana. Uh, nine, seven, one and eight. Uh, I am with Pavitra to beat Foxy Cleopatra Fakamana and Moko. So that is three, seven, eight and one. Race five at the Heath on Saturday is the Stow Storage Gothic Stakes. 1,400 metres listed. Set weights and penalties for three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Joel? Yeah, I'm keen on number 15, Garza Blanca. Uh, keen that he's a good horse. He's going to need a few things to go right here on Saturday, but uh, I think he's up to it. He'd been trialling and jumping out really well. There was good support for him at Sandown, and he did a little bit wrong there. I just see he took good benefit from the run. He went back to the jump outs and then went to Murtoa and absolutely blitzed his rivals. He was a class above, but he had the race rated really well. He had the fastest last 600, 400, 200 of the meeting. I think he can come to town now and be very competitive on wet ground. Uh, in for second, I've got number five, Yaki Ishii. Uh, horse always had some time for. He was good first up at Sandown. Got the maiden win on the board at Geelong. It wasn't uh, overly impressive, but he got the job done. I think there's more improvement to come. Uh, eight, Eponymous hit the line well at the Valley. Second up behind KGB. Certainly looks a horse of some talent. And next in, uh, down towards the bottom, Angry Skies. Maiden win on debut and then comes through uh, that decent race at Sandown. Uh, that elliptical came through and ran so well in the guineas. He finished fourth. Obviously, he was an emergency for the guineas last week. This is easier, and he has to be a clear hope. But to 15 on top for me, ahead of 5, 8, and 12. Yeah, I really like the 8 here, eponymous. Uh, my invincible colt. The run at Moody Valley last start was excellent. Probably should have won that. He sort of buried on the fence, sort of shuffled back before the turn and was held up. But then when got clear air, really hit the line nicely. The last 200 metres was the quickest of the night. Um, and, yeah, go, gets out sooner and a bit of a clearer path uh, likely wins the race. So hoping he can atone here for that and um, get the job done. So the eight on top with the nine sketch comes out of that same race at the Valley. Um, he too had a, did have the greatest runs. His was sort of out wider, covered ground, but I thought he was pretty good there considering the run he had. Um, really liked the win at Mornington first up. That was a maiden, and a heavy nine, won by six and a half lengths. Again, didn't beat a whole lot, but um, impressive effort and good off a wide run last start. So I think Sketch can uh, bounce back here. 12 Angry Skies, very good at Sandown Hillside last start. And look, um, going the right way, that Colt, and in for fourth. Got the six Sandpaper, another who comes out of that uh, Valley race. Um, eponymous and sketch contested he's, he too didn't have the greatest of runs but thought closed off nicely considering 8, 9, 12 and 6 I'm with Eponymous 2 to beat Sandpaper, Lincoln Square and Angry Skies 8, 6, 3 and 12 race 6 at the Heath on Saturday is the Carlton Draft Alingi Stakes 1100 metres set weights and penalties for Phillies and Mares at listed level Joel 11, a very fine red for me from the Mark Newnham stable. I thought she did enough first up. She had 58 kilos. She drew one, and she was just always in tight quarters down the straight. Had to switch course a couple of times. Uh, she was pretty good at the finish. Uh, they put the blinkers back on. She had them on for a couple of runs early in her career. Uh, but just like her form lines, last prep through Mizzou and Zapateo, it looks good form for this. She can handle the wet, and I thought $7.50. She was a good bet each way. 
Uh, six rose courts in for second. No heavy track runs. All four of her wins have been on the dry. That's the query. But I thought she was pretty good first up over the 9.55. And clearly a step up in trips going to suit. Uh, in for third, number one, Maliva, class mare. She's pretty well in with the 59. She can handle the wet. And next best, number seven, Melba Storm. First up run was a bit plain in Adelaide, uh, sorry, at Geelong, and then went to Adelaide and won on the Parks track. This is a step up in class, but through her form around Curran and the Garden, her last couple of campaigns, that measures up pretty well here. And thought she was worth including in the exotics, but I uh, like 11 from 6, 1 and 7. Yeah, with the 11 as well, very fine. Red thought the first up run was pretty good. You know, they got the wet track form, ran Marzoo last prep. She's hasn't won for over a year now, but she's been contesting some good races. She's been unlucky in some as well. I think second up now onto a, onto a, a wet track. Um, takes a couple of boxes, does a very fine range. She's on top for me. Nine, Shelsa, winner of her last four. And Paul Massara doesn't bring many to Melbourne. She, he's bringing this mare here. And nice win on a highway first up. This is obviously a step up, but uh, she looks to have plenty of ability. And I think she can, uh, can be competitive in this one lever, of course, has the runs on the board in some good races. Rock hard fit. Um, probably a better dry tracker, but uh, has performed on the wet. And in for fourth. Look, I think Naj Mardi on a good track would be the bet. Um, probably the one of the probably the best horse in the race, I think. She's got a terrific finish. Um, just that wet track box. I'm just throwing her in there and to see it. Uh, on ability, she's certainly uh, one of the better chances, but just that wet track box is a little bit unsure of but look first up form was pretty good um just throwing in for fourth 11 9 1 4 yeah i thought shellstar might step up uh, only beaten on debut obviously does need to step up from that first up highway win hasn't seen a heavy track yet either but uh paul massara doesn't travel them all this way for nothing a very fine red rose quartz and one diva round out my four nine eleven six and three first leg of the quaddy on Caulfield Cup Day is race seven, the McCafe Sprint, 1,000-metre group two handicap, Joel. A two-generation for me. thought he was very good first up at Caulfield. Did protest unsuccessfully. Only just missed by shooting for gold. And then he went to the Moyer and didn't have a lot of room there. Hemmed away towards the fence and battled on well for fourth. One heavy run was a forgive. That was in the Doombin 10,000. It was at the end of his sort of three-year-old season that he drew wide. He pressed forward there was plenty of pressure in that race. So clearly a forgive, and he, he's handled soft ground. So I think he's hard to beat. Uh, three, Melkovich, another one coming out of the Moyer Stakes. He was pretty disappointing there. I thought he'd run a better race, but didn't show a lot after trailing the pace. His best form would have him right in this, on, certainly on his Oakley Plate run. He's good enough. Nine, Dragonstone can win. He's a good wet tracker. He's a pretty good horse. Um, full stop, down from Sydney. And he's been trialling really well. And six express pass. He's got a good fresh record. Uh, he's got pretty good wet form. And he doesn't run too many bad ones, that bloke. So I think he's certainly in the mix with the multiples. But uh, two generation on top from three, nine and six. With Dragonstone on top, uh, super honest horse. He's had 12 starts. He's missed the top three once. And you know, worked through the grades nicely. Last prep um, and second to passive aggressive reads well. And then uh, a deserved stakes winner at the end of the last prep in the June stakes. <clears throat> I think the recent trial was really good. Sort of given a bit of a decent hit up that hit out there and, and responded well to riding and runs with some good horses around him. I think he can run a race first up with 53 kilos and look, candles all going and um, 
really gets through the, the wet tracks pretty well. So nine on top, two generation. Next, Love's Caulfield. Sort of uh, settle handy on the speed and be given every chance. I think was was pretty good in a Moya Stakes last start and form reads well for this. So clear second pick, the two, seven, Kalos in next. Um, we'll see a Danehill winner uh, last last season. Good with a big weight, 61 kilos. Uh, last start at Warwick Farm. Obviously, that was a much weaker race than what he sees here, but drops to 54 kilos. And in for fourth, I have the 11, Espora. It can bounce back from a luckless run last start of the valley. Nine two seven eleven. Um, a cafe sprint or Caulfield sprint. Fun facts: No winner has jumped from a double figure barrier since Jetsburg back in twenty oh five. Bad news for sartorial sprinter splendor rock artist and Bo Rossa. No Caulfield sprint winner has come off an unplaced run in the same preparation since No Trois back in nineteen ninety nine, which is bad news for. Uh, my top two selections, Generation and Asfura, as well as Malkovich, Oxley Road and Ashford Street and Rock Artist. Um, and that's about it. Mears have won four of the past nine. So uh, I guess that is pretty good for Asfura. But I am having Generation as well. In fact, made Generation my best, um, despite the probably... Jury may be out on him on a heavy track to beat Asfura Express Parson free of debt to 11, 6 and 5. Second leg of the quaddy at the Heath is race 8. Lexus Tristark stakes 1,400 metres for the Mares. Set weights and penalties. It's a group 2. Joel? Yes, it's a bit tricky because there's heavy track question marks for most of the field. A number of them haven't seen it and some that have have failed on it. So it's, a, it's tricky, but I I've just sort of, with that in mind, I've just treated it as if um, I was just tipping for any any sort of track condition, really. So I've just gone with four, Palaya Pan, who I was with in the Golden Pendant last start. And I thought she was outstanding. She was wide the trip, no cover, and just kept kicking and only found him a lead better than her. That was off a good run in the Scirocco. So she's third up, ready to go. I think she'll be uh, giving her a great sight. Two, Barb Raider, very talented. Philly, now... Uh, we get to see how she measures up as a mare. She had a bad fail in the heavy 10 and the queen of the turf, so that's a little question mark, but I just thought first up she might be able to perform well. Uh, seven Tycoon Evie came through that Scirocco and ran well in the blazer at Flemington. Behind Exolita, pressed forward and, and, and battled on well. Uh, she should be fitter third up on the other Snowden run, a mirror vision. Her heavy runs earlier in her career were poor, and then she uh, pulled out a great run in the Coolmore, chasing home Lighthouse when runner-up, so she can handle it, and she was uh, pretty solid first up in the golden pendant. Four on top of two, seven, and five. Let me give one more go to Fortune and Kiss, who might be a horse that just uh, finds bad luck. That's sort, of, sort of been the story of her career. She really hasn't had much of a chance this preparation. Um, missed the start last start on the back foot. So only ended up. Two and a half links off the winner in the Blazer Stakes there. I thought it was pretty good, but no luck. Two back. Uh, again, not much first up, 1,100 metres. The wet track, I guess, is a query. Three starts on soft tracks for no placings, but some of those soft track runs, especially the one two back, have been, um, she seems to handle my okay. Of course, this is a different beast, a heavy 10, but look, just, I think she's got plenty of ability. She just needs some luck, and not, no knock to Harry Coffey, but the jockey change maybe might help. But then Malum going on um, might change the, the fortunes of this mare. I think 
So I'm going to give her one more chance here. I think a certainly backable price at double figure odds. Um, she can get some luck and see what she can do. Um, so happy to give her another chance at 15. Four, Palazapan. Very consistent mare who's you know, winner of six of 14. And the two runs this prep in group twos in Sydney have been uh, very good. She seems to be ticking along quite well. In for third, I've got the nine, Chain of Lightning. I think, can, you know, heavy nine last start. So, you know, whether that reads well for this, not too sure, considering it was her first go on a heavy track. But the run was still pretty good. It wasn't beaten far by Zapateo. Uh, obviously, her form prior to that was excellent. She won her first five races. And in for fourth, I got the one kiss on all four cheeks. Um, 15, four, nine, and one in that. Chain of lightning for me to beat Kissing All Four Cheeks, Barb Raider and Pride of Jenny, 9-1-2-13. The big one is race nine. It's worth five million bucks. It is a handicap over 2,400 metres and it is called the Carlton Draft Caulfield Cup. Uh, eight of the past 13 winners have jumped from double figure barriers. So good news for uh, John O'Shea there, I guess. And uh, as the, as you made uh, as, as uh, you did say, Dan, uh, you know, we're getting to the end of about 30 races over the uh, period of a week uh, on a wet track. Uh, wide barriers may not be all that bad, although you still, you'd still really rather draw somewhere in the middle, I would have thought. Um, the past four Caulfield Cup winners have been last start winners, and there's not that many in this field. No compromise, Allegron and Smoke and Romans. Um no Southern Hemisphere bred horse older than six has won since Ming Dynasty all the way back in 1980. But, uh, well, I guess that's bad news for, well, except Knight's Order is not Southern Hemisphere bred. He is eight to our time. And uh, one of those has, in fact, won it. And that is Torpen's Melody. Numerian is uh, seven uh, to, to our time. Vow and declares in that category. Anyway, I'm waffling on a bit, Joel. What's going to win the Caulfield Cup? Maybe you need to listen to all those fast facts because I think it's a very wide open race. And I didn't have a lot of confidence. Uh, I think I changed my mind at 20 times in the last couple of days. But I've ended up going for number 11, Great House, who I, I never thought I'd be tipping to win a Caulfield Cup. But he ran really well last year, finishing fifth. He had a low draw, had every chance, and I thought he battled on well. He was uh, beaten, you know, five and three quarter lengths, but he was only two lengths off non-conformist so I think you know just the bearing mind incentivized cleared out and won it impressively and that was at the end of a pretty long prep he'd already had a couple of a mile and a half runs Newcastle Cup Metrop uh, he'd sort of been racing right through August June July and he hits it here third up he should be on fresher legs and I think he's going really well the first up run at Flemington was excellent with a big weight and then the Turnbull it says he finished 10th but he didn't have a lot of luck he was buried away on the fence couldn't build momentum and that was a complete and utter on-pace domination. First four throughout, filled the first four, and he had to go back from gate 13. So he's got the good draw, he's got the light weights, he can handle the ground, just the class. Whether he's good enough to win a Caulfield Cup, I'm not sure, but it's probably not the strongest Caulfield Cup we've seen. So I'm going to back him each way. I'll be saving on one gold trip, just reckon he's ready to peak. They were talking about maybe going to the Cox play, but I think the 2400 is what he wants now. He had the big weight and the naturalism. He was very good. Three wide throughout in the Turnbull. Yes, he was a beaten favourite. I was opposed to him that day. I just thought he was under the odds. But I thought his run was pretty good. As I said, it was that on-pace dominated affair. And he kept finding the line pretty well. 
2400s good for him. Six non-conformist. I was all over him last year. It was a bit painful to watch him finish second to incentivise. His forms this time in is nowhere near as good. But Graham Begg's just been plotting the weight for age path. I think I thought he did enough last week in the Caulfield Stakes. He's ready to run his, the best race of his prep. And nine Allegron in for fourth. He's been placed in two derbies behind Hitotsu, which is pretty elite form. He's coming off a, a nice win in Sydney, second up, and uh, not much wrong. Uh, not much more Godolphin can do in the last uh, month or so. He, uh, they're winning everything, so I think he's going to go in eleven each way from one six and nine. Back of the sentiments, Joel, and saying, oh, "Well, top pick, I wouldn't have thought I'd be backing in a in a Caulfield Cup probably two or three months ago," and that's no compromise. So. Uh, just an elite horse at 2,400 metres. He won fifth up last prep over the 2,400 metres on a heavy nine. Of course, the Metroc winner over the trip last start. So that draw with Benno, 20, it's it coming. It'll be 18 of 18 after the scratchings of the the two emergencies out or the two horses that don't uh, run. But just think no compromise with that better draw. The last start win um, and the form at 2,400 metres, plus the fact that he loves a heavy track or he loves a wet track. Um, I just had him on top, slightly ahead of Benno, and these two are actually half brothers, both out of Baggy uh, Mayor Baggy Green, who also um, produced Group One winner Tafani. So, law related, and with the the brothers to run one two, Benno will need a good ride and a bit of luck from that draw. Maybe they're coming very wide on the track with the, the amount of rain that's hit and um, the amount of races that's been run on that sort of affected ground. But Benno, good in the Caulfield Stakes last week, you know, was taking on some elite horses. He wasn't far away, and he was strong through the line. 2,400 metres last over that trip. He was second to Itotsu in a derby. So the wet track there, obviously, it was a heavy nine that day. And the wet track won't pose a problem. So I'll be having two bets on the eight, one on the eight and one on the ten. In for third, I have the um, six nonconformists, obviously very good in this race last year. And yeah, basically crossed the line with um, Benno in that Caulfield Stakes last week. In for fourth over the nine, Allegron. But a couple, I'll have a bet on two horses in this. Eight on top of ten, and then six and nine. Uh, well, I just couldn't say no to the uh, 51 and a half of Smokin' Romans, who's probably goes into that category as well of a horse I didn't really think I'd be tipping to win a Caulfield Cup. But 51 and a half, very appealing. Heavy track form, okay. Uh, good win last time, as you say, probably uh, very much suited by the way the Turnbull was run. I've got Numerian in for second, and then I've got uh, Dan's Quinella there, no compromise, and Benno. So that leaves me without a great deal of confidence, but with 17, 5, 8, and 10 in what is certainly a wide open Caulfield Cup. We finish at Caulfield on Saturday with race 10, the Neds Munga Stakes, 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for four years old and up, Joel. Andrew Forsman's been having a pretty good run with his horses over here, and he sent Aegon over, and that's good enough for me to, to step in. Um, he's very talented when he's on his uh, A game. Five of us uh, in the winning post panel have got him in our numbers, and best bet's Brendan Tupper has tipped him on top, and he was $34. He's a little bit shorter now with uh, Ayrton coming out. But, um, yeah, he, you know, he's got four duck eggs next to his name last prep, and he's coming off a sixth in New Zealand, but he's stuck near the inside rail. They were all getting out wide um, in that 1,200-metre race first up, so it was more or less a barrier trial for him. If the stable are happy to bring him across, um, I'm happy to go again with him on a wet track, which I think he'll love. Uh, 13 Catalyst, another uh, one-time boon Kiwi horse who 
looked like zooming through on the inside and fighting out the finish there for a, a couple of strides in the Testarossa at Sandown, but um, it's not really a recipe for success starting back to the inside at Sandown. Uh, he, he ran well. Um, heavy would be a query uh, with him, but, um, yeah, he's ticking over nicely. 15-old flame, that was a hard watch last week. Just got shuffled out of the race and, yeah, complete forget. He'll be a little bit better than $2.50, so I think if you were on him last week, he's worth buttering up on again. And seven open-minded might be over the odds too. He's a good Caulfield horse. Uh, he was good second up. Be a bit forgiving of the Sandown run because he pulled up lame. He's on two from three on Evie, and he was another that went up $34. So I think he's a bit of value. 11, 13, 15, and 7. Yeah, it was on Old Flame last week, and it will butter up this week. Um, yeah, as Joel said, pretty tough watch. Should have got shuffled back. Uh, Jamie Carr was a little bit in two minds there when to go and sort of hindsight might not have been the right decision as... Um, yeah, he sort of lost his spot in the run and a bit of a forgive run there, I think. So the fact that they're backing him up, I think, is a good sign a week later. Uh, I'm going to be with him again, the 15. Very talented horse on the on the upward spiral, on an upward spiral. 13 in next catalyst. I think ticking over quite nicely this prep. Of course, off first uh, campaign for quite a while, off a long spell, two years. And the second up run, thought was pretty good with excuses. So certainly in the game of 13, four, four and next in a one. And in for fourth, I have the five Bandersnatch, I thought. Um, hit the line nicely behind, I wish I win first up. Good second up form and has got form on wet tracks. 15, 13, four and five. A Bandersnatch on top for me to beat... Um... Joel's uh, Kiwis, Aegon and Catalyst, and I've got Lady of Honour for 4th, 5, 11, 13 and 16. My best at Caulfield was race 7, number 2, Generation. My value bet we didn't hear about was race 2, number 6, St. Bathans. Speaking of uh, Andrew Forsman, and that horse is dropping back from uh, a listed event uh, in the shape of the Seymour Cup, which was at Bendigo, drops back to a benchmark 80. Only got beaten a length in that race and is unbeaten on heavy. Joel's best was race four, number five, Renaissance Woman. His value bet race six, number 11, a very fine red. And Dan's best was race five, number eight, Eponymous. Value bet race four, number nine, Let's Be Frank Baby. Once again, we're racing at Randwick in Sydney on Saturday. And the first of the black type races... Actually, we we won't uh, just stick to black type races because um, there's a lot of uh, other very interesting ones as well. But the first of the black type races is race one anyway. That's Bisley Workwear, Reginald Allen, Reginald Allen Quality, fourteen hundred meter listed race. Joel for three year old fillies. Tricky race. I've gone with two Wild Botanica uh, because she'll put herself on speed and she'll handle heavy. Just has to run out fourteen hundred, but she comes through a pretty good form race at Rose Hill last time out. So. I've lent her away. I've got plenty of time for number eight, Thinking Rain. Thought she may have been an Oaks filly. Uh, it may come up too soon for the spring, but maybe in the autumn. Uh, she was pretty good at Kembla Grange last time out off a bit of a break. I think she's over the odds. Uh, nine, Orzala, very well-bred filly. Didn't win by a big margin at Newcastle, but it was a nice maiden win. There's plenty of upside with her. And one wing guardian drops down in class after uh, tackling the Furious and the Heritage and then uh, bumping into Insurrection at Warwick Farm. Two, eight, nine, and one. Always had a bit of time for the three, Lady Harlem. Um, really impressive win, overcoming a bit of uh, some 
sort of traffic problems at Canterbury. Tabraco made in last prep. That was on a heavy nine. Missed the start last, uh, first up this prep and worked home okay, but I think rising in trip will help. She's tested a few good races. She was you know, good in an English two-year-old race, once a million on debut on a soft five at Mooney Valley. Um, look, I think, she, you know, it's an open racing. I think she's worth an each-way ticket, but not overly confident. She's on top for me, the three. Ten in for second. Astern, Philly, Parasol. Well, good. Beaten his favourite first up, but it was good there. Um, I don't think this is out uh, out of her reach. Orzala in next. Nice winner last start. Certainly progressing nicely. And in for fourth. I, too, thought the eight thinking rain was over the odds. Um, not much luck last start. On either or, since placed in town. Um, Improve with racing this filly. Three ten nine eight. We'll jump across to race three at Rambic on Saturday. New tab app, a Craven Plate. Wait for age, eighteen hundred meter group three with seven hundred and fifty thousand. Joel Cascadian got a mortgage on it. Yeah, I would think so. Marks he uh, won the Hill Stakes going to two thousand meters third up dominantly. If anything, he should be better at eighteen hundred. It just looks uh, yeah his race to lose. Three surf dancer. In for second, there's plenty of improvement in him. Uh, he wouldn't be totally shocked if he knocked the favourite off. It was a good win first up in the Shannon. Can handle the wet and step up and trip no dramas. Five Zarek back to Sydney, uh, back to a wet track. He can improve. And nine Pinarello, last uh, season's Queensland Derby winner, certainly has room to improve second up. But I'll just be watching this one. One, three, five, nine. Yeah, Cascadian on top for me, I think. He could be in career best form at the moment. Of course, he won the all-age stakes last prep, but that Hill Stakes win on the heavy eight was outstanding. Um, quite a, some big gaps in behind him there and just in flying form at the moment, Cascadian. Hard to, hard to go against him. So one on top, two of the next, Just Folk. Thought good. Last start, wide draw. He was sort of caught wide there, but pretty good in the Seymour Cup. No-name lanes since run well in a good group one. The winner there. So Chuck's going well without winning this prep. And, um, you know, we know he gets through the, the going uh, just fine. So one on top of two. Got three in next surf dancer, likely up on the pace and, um, you know, be, be in this for a long way. And in for fourth, got the eight. He's a shocker. He can improve for probably our class in a Turnbull stakes last start. Never really got into the race there after sort of settling at the rear. Um, and the wet track, I think, is in his favour. So, a bit of a blowout, hope it odds. One, two, three, and eight. Across to race five, which is the first of five straight races worth a million or more. This one's worth two million. It's the Kosciuszko. Set weights and penalties for three-year-olds uh, and up. It is, of course, the uh, country fried slot race. There's 14 in this, plus uh, four emergencies. My fun facts about the Kosciuszko is that uh, no winner has come off a last start winning, uh, last start finish worse than fifth. Bad news for Handle the Truth, Anatole, and Emergency Irish Songs. And my other fact is that uh, the favourite has won both the Everest and the Kosciuszko in the last two years, but before that, no favourite had won either race. Uh, it's usually open, Joel, or there have been a few warm favourites. How do you read this this one in 2022? I think you can make a case for plenty of the runners here, a couple of, even a couple of big odds. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple down the bottom that are, are untapped in Telbrager and Lamality. Um, Commando Hunt 
loves heavy ground, probably 1,400 would be better for him. But if it's really testing, he could be flying home late. So that's just some of the roughies that I think have got a chance. However, I'm with six far too easy. He's won six from 11. He ran in the country championship back in the autumn. Uh, Drew Barrier won. Just went for sort of went for home trying to pinch the ground on the turn. I just think he got left in front too soon. But he battled on pretty well. I reckon he'd be better at 1,200. Looks to have had an ideal prep. Third up, a good run first up against It's Me, who's uh, gone up favourite and then too good for them at the Gold Coast. So I liked $10 a bit better um, on Wednesday. I see now he's into $6, so uh, a little bit short, but I'm pretty keen that uh, he'll be hard to beat. 10 Anathol, excellent run in the shorts. Uh, had the day's fastest last 200 metres split there uh, against the big guns. He wasn't disgraced in this race two years ago, and that was just his seventh start gate 14 he didn't have much hope so he's a lot more seasoned now three front pages an unknown on the heavy but he's very good he's unfortunately missed this race the last two years when he's had a slot but unfortunately gotten injured in uh, in the weeks or days leading into the race uh, he goes in first up they didn't want to risk uh, anything with him here so he goes in fresh if he handles the heavy he can win and two handle the truth previous winner of the race he was good first up in the Concord and uh, okay in the shorts. He's sticking over well and heavy, no dramas for him. Six, ten, three, and two. Yeah, with the six as well, far too easy on top. Um, dominant winner in the Gold Coast on a heavy eight last start. I think going along quite nicely this preparation. We know he's up to this level. He ran uh, really well in the country championship final in the autumn. Fourth, uh, in fourth there and um, here third up on a wet track. I'm happy to back him a six. He goes on top. Three and next front page, yeah, super talented galloper, very good first up record, and um, just obviously, as Joel said, the query is the heavy track, but on ability, he's, um, you know, on ability, certainly one of the top horses in the race, so going to give him a chance to show what he can do on a heavy track. In for third, I have eight, it's me, as a winner of this race. Um, a bit of an issue this week, I think, Maybe a little bit of a query, but assume it passed fit to run um, as of now. And in for fourth, I have the uh, 11. I think Spiranak is a good roughie in this. Resumed at a benchmark 78, sort of pretty much last on the turn um, and recorded some really quick late splits to run into third there at a big price. Um, here, second up was an impressive winner, second up last time in. Again, a few, like a few of these horses, just a query on the, on the wet track. Um, has a couple of wins on soft going and did run third in this race last year. Uh, six, three, eight, and eleven. Race six at Royal Randwick on Saturday. Fujitsu General Sydney Stakes uh, Everest Consolation twelve hundred meter Group Three weight for age worth two million bucks. Joel. Yeah, a tough race, good field. I've gone with four in the Congo to bounce back. He didn't have much go right in the McEwen from a wide gate. Back to Sydney, he's run pretty well in the wet before, placed in the Galaxy and second to Marzu. So I think he'll be hard to beat. Uh, two Kementari, loves these conditions. He's going pretty well. He was uh, right on their heels in the Premier. Second up, uh, seven Remark, two from two since being gelded. He's won a couple of deep benchmark races. I think he's more than up to this challenge. Eight Tycoonist might be a good roughie. He's ready to peak third up. He loves heavy ground. I thought he's running the Yule guy down the straight line. Private Eye was pretty good. And uh, yeah, I think he's uh, probably the best roughie, and including the two mares in the wider multiples, Forbidden Love and Swats That. Four on top, though, from two, seven and eight. 
with Tremark on top, um, obviously has to take it a notch further uh, after winning Benchmark 88 and Benchmark 94, first and second up respectively. But they've been strong wins to the eye. Uh, did on a heavy eight last start, so the wet track won't pose a problem. Uh, I think he's, you know, obviously a horse that showed plenty early on trials and stuff like that, winning on Dubu. Um, sort of, I would say lost his way, might be a bit harsh, but, you know, a little bit costly to punters, but this time in he's um, been excellent, in excellent form and can up in grade. I think he can uh, certainly run a race. So seven on top, two in next, Kementari, um, not far away from Austin running last start. It's obviously terrific form for this. Gets through the going just fine. In for third, I've got the eight Tycoonist. Thought I've given a bit of a hope in this as well. Very consistent galloper. Now, um, stays at 1,200 metres, but I thought it was running out well in the Gil Guy there. And in for fourth, I have the four in the Congo. Seven, two, eight, and four. The big one at Royal Randwick on Saturday is race seven, the TAB Everest 1,200-metre slot race. Standard weight for age. It is worth an incredible $15 million. <laughs> My fun facts, all five winners have been third up from a spell, which Nature Strip is not. Uh, most of them are, mind you. Um, four of the five Everest winners have won the Concord Stakes, the Shorts, or both in their lead-up runs. And no filly or mare has won the Everest, and also no Everest winner has come from a come off a, a last start finish worse than fifth, which is terrible news for overpass. Um, Joel, uh, Nature Strip is going to start as the shortest priced Everest favourite ever, even though it's only a 12-horse race. It's always been almost each way odds the field. Everest was the shortest priced runner in it ever last year, started at $3.70. Before that, the shortest runner was Classic Legend the year before at $4.20. They have both won. Um, is Nature Strip going to win this one? Uh, early in the week, $1.95, drew the outside barrier, uh, getting out to a more realistic sort of $2.30 now. Are you with him or against him? Well, I've tipped against him, but he's going to be very hard to beat. I actually think the outside barrier is perfect for him. He drew wide last year, he drew wide in the TJ. just means he's sort of out of trouble and can just do his own thing. So... I think he'll shorten up again and come back into maybe $2, which is sometimes scary because he's been rolled a few times at that, uh, if he gets into the odds on quote. But he's going to be very hard to beat. However, I'm with Mizzou. I think he's a crazy price. He's got out to $19. I thought his two runs back against the big guns have been very good. He's ready to peak for grand final day, which the Snowdens have down pat. And he's going to get through the heavy ground. So, yes, he's got uh, what, two and a half lengths to make up on Nature Strip in the shorts, but didn't have the pacifiers on there, which has been a key part of his gear, and he was first up. And I thought he was very good in the Premier because he was headed early in the straight and looked like he was going to run third or fourth, and he kicked back very strongly uh, for second behind Lost and Running. So I'm with Mizzou to beat Nature Strip. I think Lost and Running is the other winning chance because he's going much better than he was last year when he ran fourth. He comes into it this time in with a, an excellent run in the shorts and a win in the Premier and in for fourth, I've put uh, one of the three-year-olds, Jack and O, coming off that very good Golden Rose victory. But I'm with Mizzou each way, five from one, three, and 11. Yeah, if he, look, if he runs up to his best nature strip, it'd be hard to see him getting beaten. I think Barry 12, as Joel said, is good for him. He's going to come over at, at his own leisure, park outside Eduardo more than likely. And um, look, in the form of his life at the moment, dominant 
pretty dominant winner first up. Um, and look, I don't think I'll be diving in anything around even money, $2, but hard to go past and hence why he's on top nature strip. So one in top of three, lost and running, who was pretty good in that. Obviously he won the premier last um Last start, he's in better form than he was when he ran fourth in this race last year. Pretty good run, considering in that premier he sort of tracked wide and sustained a long run at the front a bit early, but um, held him off in the end and <clears throat> on track certainly lost in running. Mazu and next for the Master Grand Final trainers, uh, Peter and Paul Snowden. Um, and in for fourth, I'm sort of happy Godolphin went with ingratiating with their slot. Um she might disagree with me, but I thought his run was every bit as good, if not better, than Pillay's in the Scalacci last weekend. Pillay, of course, sort of held up and um, took that narrow gap and won, but ingratiating did have to come wider, cover more ground, and was hitting the line hard. And look, at, at a price perspective anyway, ingratiating 41 to 1, I can't imagine Paul Ailey would have started anything near that. Um, so... He's in. I think he can run a race. Of course, he's got no wins at 1,200 metres. So that's the little knock, but the wet track isn't. And I think going really, really well in grey shading and can certainly one for um, trifecta and first four players. One, three, five and eight. Race eight held over from last week. Silver Eagle, 1,300 metres, set weights and penalties for four-year-olds worth a million bucks. Joel? I've gone with number four, Kiss Sum. And my numbers are the same as last week. Kiss Sum on top. Uh, he's a talented horse. He went to a new level last prep, and I think he can go to an even higher level this time in. He's trialling really well. A heavy track first up would be the query. No doubt he'd improve with the run, but uh, I think he'd be running very well. Ten Waterford, I'm a huge fan of. He's looked every bit of group horse in those two Rose Hill wins. They were 1,500. This is 1,300. He's going to settle a long way back, but G can make up the ground quickly, so they overdo it here. He'll be finishing over the top. Uh, three Valanas trialled up a tree and brings the Kiss some form lines, and one Mr. Mozart's going to be on speed and very hard to beat. He was very good first up, 4-10-3-1. Quietly different numbers to me than what I had last week, because I don't think the track will be as uh, wet as what we thought it would have been last week if they did run the race, um, but pretty similar. I've got three on top of uh, Valana. Lovely trial leading into this. We'll speak Kiss some in the Fred Best Last prep, got a good first up record and gets through the wet track fine. So three on top of four, Kiss Samu certainly has a case fresh. Uh, we'll be charging home late, no doubt about that. In for third, Waterford, progressing nicely in his um, second prep in Australia. He's won all three starts here and um, spotting a start in those and, and, reeling, and reeling him in. So certainly on the right track is the 10. And in for fourth, I got the 14, Espiona. Um, thought ran well in the golden pendant from a long way back. You're going to have to be spotting a start here, but would form at the track at Randwick and um, seems to go, it's only a small sample size. She's only had the eight starts, but seems to go every bit as good on the wet track as she does a dry track. 3, 4, 10, 14. Race nine is the five diamonds prelude. Uh, this one's for five-year-olds. Uh, it's set weights and penalties, uh, and it's worth a million bucks. Joel. A six, Elias, I'm giving another chance. He was excellent first up, had uh, best last 600 and 200 of the meeting behind Old Flame. And then he went quickly to 2,000 metres, and he was a bit plain there. Um, just going to be a bit forgiving. He's been freshened back to the trials. Thought he trialled really well last week. And at uh, good odds, so I think he can hit back. Uh, four rustic steals over the odds at $16. I would have thought he didn't have much luck in the Theo Marks. First up, and wasn't far off uh, Ellsberg. He's going to be one of the favourites. And then... 
Second up just wasn't the right recipe. He was coming back in distance. He had 61 kilos, and he was only beaten three lengths. Hugh Bowman aboard for third up. I think he's a big price. 14, a tissue. Well, she was uh, my pick for the angst uh, stakes last week, but uh, the connections have pulled her out of that race and put her in this one, and she's got to be a top hope. Uh, both her local wins have been at Randwick. She's ready to peak third up, and three-hour playboy. Good splits home in the Sandown Stakes behind a couple of uh, Turak performers. Uh, he's going to get ground that he loves here on uh, on the heavy conditions. 6 4 14 3. Yeah, really open race. Probably will be the widest leg of my quaddy this one. Um, 13 in uh, is my top pick, a tissue. Ready to peak third up. We'll get more speed than in this race of what he has, did last start. Randwick, as Joel touched on, the track he likes, two winners here, and wet track two, getting onto affected ground is um, is key. So, Matisha on top for me, good each way price. One in next Ellsberg, see Group One winner, last start dead heating with top ranked in that Epsom on a heavy track, Park Handy and give himself every chance. Very good form here at Randwick. In for third, I have the two Ayrton, uh, beaten by pretty smart horse first up. Um, take benefit from that. Just the wet track may be a bit of a query. Um, super talented. And in for fourth, I have the three-hour playboy, 14, 1, 2, and 3. And rounding out a massive program at Randwick Race 10 is the second of the races uh, postponed from last week. It's the Furphy Angst Stakes, 1,600 metres for mares, set weights and penalties, Group 3. Joel? Uh, eight fine point for me. Um had her second to a tissue last week, but now elevated to top and the bit of the day. I think she's going to measure right up here. It was a strong win first up in a good benchmark 88. She stays down in the weights. She should be getting a bit of weight, a bit more weight off some of those up the top, but um, yeah, I don't think it's the strongest uh, group three mares race we've seen, and I think she's got a stack of room to improve. So I'm with her from the mudlark number one, Polly Gray. She'll get better with a run and better over further, but conditions to suit can certainly win. Uh, still haven't seen where they're going to run Cap de Joie. She's $2.25 at Caulfield. Uh, but uh, if she's up here, she's going to be very competitive, I would have thought. Eye-catching return at Sandown. And two, hope in your heart is flying and uh, can certainly make it a hat-trick without surprising. But I'm pretty keen on fine point, eight one fourteen two. As am I. She's my best of the day in Sydney, fine points. Um, certainly a group-class mare and first go at this level, but... Um, look, the win first up was pretty pretty impressive. Runner up there, Sabark, no slouch. Um, gets in with 54 kilos here. Two runs, second up runs have been good and gets through the going. Um, does fine points. It ticks a lot of boxes and with uh, her in the last race of the day, pretty keen on the eight. In for second, Polly Gray, you got to throw her in, just an elite wet tracker. Um, as Joel said, we'll, we'll benefit from the run, no doubt, but you got to certainly throw her in on, in these conditions. Third, is the three honey creeper i like to run first up over you know trip on short of her best she's up to 1600 meters here um probably will improve over further as well but it was a nice return and in for fourth i have the seven wonderful reader who think a knockout price um at odds she likes a wet track Look ran on well from a, a pretty tough spot last start um, the race is sort of dominated by those up on the speed um, but you know a form this prep doesn't read too good on paper, but I think she's going pretty well, and um, certainly in each certainly over the odds in this. Eight, one, three, and seven. As the boys mentioned, their best 
is race 10, number 8, Fine Point. Joel's value bet, race 5, number 6, far too easy. Dan, very quickly talk us through your value bet at Randwick, which is race 4 in the AJC St. Ledger, number 5, Sacramento. Yeah, well beaten first and second up Sacramento, but a nice effort in the Metrop last start. Sort of uh, fought back hard after, you know, at the turn. Didn't, things looked a bit dicey, but wasn't beaten far, only a length by no compromise. Um, we'll park up on the speed here and we'll take some running down Sacramento. So um, up in, you know, at this sort of trip as well, 2,400 metres to 2,600 metres, that will suit him. And I think we'll be hard to catch in race four, race four number five. They're racing on the Parks track at Morfordville on Saturday. Early track condition is a soft six. Not sure how much rain is falling over there. Dan, what did you find for us? Best bet comes up in race six um, with the lightly raced Tazi calling. We need a bit of luck and a good ride from that barrier, but she looks uh, sorry, he looks a pretty promising gelding, Santa Tarzino. I think 1,300 metres is a good kick-up point, kick-off point for him. Very soft winner when first up last time in. Then went to town at Flemington. Was well backed there, um, backed into favouritism, but a little bit plain to the eye, so it wasn't beaten all that far. Um, things come back nicely this time in with a couple of good jump outs and, um, you know, a pretty moderate race. I think he uh, has better races in store, so he can get off, kick off this campaign with a win. Tazi calling race six, number one, the best. The value comes up in... Maricourt, just $485, so um, not really big each way price or anything like that, but I think certainly is a, a good bet on the card. The first up win at Murray Bridge was outstanding, uh, according to late, quick late splits to win there. And then just too far back last start um, at Orfville Park's track, I think can improve third up. It's some weight relief thanks to the claim to Jacob Offerman and his back in grade. So Maricourt, for me, my, uh, my next best, if you will, race four, number six. All right, Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide? No, nothing for me there, Barks. Okay, we'll head across to Eagle Farm. Dan, a big 10 race car there. What have you picked out? Waiting for the last uh, race 10. And I'm with Sweet Margot May, who really impressed me last start. I was with Birikart, the favourite in that race, but um, Sweet Margot May went past that horse pretty easily there. And... We'll get another soft run just behind the speed. I think with luck at the right time, we'll be there to pounce and really building up a nice record. Nine starts with five wins. I think she has a, a stakes race in her, whether it's his prep or next prep, um, but uh, a horse with a future and I think can uh, continue her winning ways in the last race 10. Uh, that is number 11. The value comes up in race three with the horse called Confess to Chris Lee's runner. Look, bursting to win one, very consistent mare. Hasn't won a race this prep, but you know has been close in most of her starts and look, seems to be improving with each run. She sort of settled last in a race, a, a small field, last start on the Sunshine Coast. It was a, a muddling run race, but I thought ran on well um, into third. They just couldn't run over the Quinella, who sort of settled up, settled up on the speed. Loves this distance and did win over this track and trip um, at this stage of the prep last time in. So confessed, I think a good each way bet in race three. That's number three. Alrighty, uh, uh, across the Nullarbor, there are a couple of uh, stakes races at Ascot as we uh, warm up towards the Summer Carnival, and uh, the listed Crawford Stakes is race 7. Our man Hoops likes Miss Contiki number 10, 
to beat six stagemen, 16 Will Chino and three Indian Pacific. And then there's the Group 3 Eurythmic Stakes, also a very good race. And Hoops likes 11 Comfort Me to beat number nine Last of the Line, number five Resort Man and number... Three Cup Night, Joel, with uh, four minutes remaining in this segment. Tell us about how earlier in the day across the Tasman they're racing at Hastings and Ashburn. Yeah, Hastings have got the Group 1 Livermore Classic, 2,000 metres, wait for age. I've gone with two, Vernon Me. I backed him for a place last week in the Group 1 mile, and he was second until the last 50 metres and ended up running fourth, but he's third up now. Quick backup. I reckon he's ready to show his best. 14 Mustang Valley, one pre to fur, and 13 Soldier Boy. In for the placings, my best is race seven, number two, Queen of Spades. Dominant last start winner with Michael McNabb in the saddle. He retains the ride, and I think she can win again. And best of value is race nine, number nine, Real Slim Trady, who was very good first up, uh, hitting the line hard from back and wide to fill a place. I'm going to need a bit to go right from the wide gate, but. Certainly more than up to this level. And at Ashburton, my best is race six, number seven, perfectly suited. Probably should have won. The listed Canterbury Bell stakes first up when finishing second after being held up. I think she can uh, bounce back with a strong group three win here. And my value bet race two is Pahi Lass, number 14, North Island train visitor, who was uh, pretty good first up over 15.50. Just found the end of that a bit tough, but will be fitter and back to the 1,400 does strike a pretty winnable race here down in the south. All right, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. First total wipeout for a while last week. There were excuses. You don't want to hear about them. You want to hear about how we're going to win it all back this week. And I am going to uh, a very wet Caulfield. And I'm putting my faith in race two, number six, St. Bethans. Joel? Yeah, I'll go to Caulfield as well and go race four, number five, Renaissance Woman. Uh, Dan? I'm pretty good price is fine. Uh, fine point for me, the last in Sydney, race 10, number 8. No worries, you were uh, just dropping out for a while there. Okay, well, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is a massive one, and speaking of massive, if you want to get the online version, it is a record 120 pages. That is how much uh, coverage and how many horses there are going around this weekend, plus all your uh, other favourite features. It is online as we speak to you. And it is in shops first thing Friday morning. Have a great weekend, listeners. Stay dry. Back plenty of winners. And we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.